What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Patrick Stanley is the founder and CEO of CityCoin, a new product that allows you to support your favorite cities while earning yield in Bitcoin. In this conversation, we discuss city coins, how they work, municipal equity versus debt, the government's role, how citizens benefit, why this benefits Bitcoin, and why Miami was the first city selected. I really enjoyed this conversation with Patrick, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Revolut. Let's go back to the basics for a second. I've partnered with Revolut, a finance app in the United States and the UK that say they're the simplest way to access crypto. They're putting their money where their mouth is. You can sign up and make three card transactions and get $15. That's right, $15. What can you do with that $15? You can exchange it for Bitcoin or any other tokens Revolut supports. That's right, they are crypto enabled. As usual, when you move your money from fiat to crypto, your capital is at risk. But when you sign up at Revolut.com slash POMP and make those three card transactions, you get free money. Again, Revolut.com slash POMP. Go check it out and let me know what you think. They're really big in the UK and they doubled all of their assets in crypto last year. So obviously users think that there's something special there. Go check it out. Next up is Kraken. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now, with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell Bitcoin in over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. With the new Kraken app, you'll have your portfolio in your pocket wherever you go. Monitor your investments, track winners and losers, keep tabs on your favorite projects, or view the most traded cryptocurrencies of the day. It's got all of your features you need with none of the complexity. It's a simpler way to invest in crypto. Go visit kraken.com slash pomp now to learn more or search Kraken in the app store. Again, kraken.com slash pomp or search Kraken in the app store. Last but not least are my friends over at Unstoppable Domains. They've building something very, very cool. Unstoppable Domains has teamed up with OKX to make crypto simpler by supporting .crypto domains on their exchange. Unstoppable Domains allows you to receive over 70 cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink with a single blockchain domain name. This makes it so much easier for millions of users to send and receive crypto by using their name, like pomp.crypto. That's the domain I have, pomp.crypto. It's the stress-free experience needed for mainstream crypto adoption. Plus, .crypto domains are NFTs that are stored in your wallet, so you permanently own them and can transfer to your other wallets as needed. Go to unstoppabledomains.com and get your name .crypto to make your crypto life easier. Unstoppabledomains.com slash r slash pomp. Or you can click on the link in the description. All right, let's get into this episode with Patrick. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Patrick here with me. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Let's just jump right into city coins. Uh, I think this is kind of a fascinating idea that uh, you've been working on. What exactly is a city coin? City coins allow you to put a city into your portfolio. So when you support a city by buying its city coin or mining its city coin, 
you're directly contributing to um, essentially some yield that the city themselves is earning. So um, what city coins uh, can do is uh, a few functions. So you can program city coins, so like developers can use them. Um, you can mine them and then you can stack them. So the process of mining a city coin is the process of sending a base currency into the city coin smart contract for that specific city and um, competing to mint new city coins. Now, this, the base currency that's being forwarded into it gets diverted to uh, two areas. 30% of it goes directly to a reserve wallet that a city can claim custody of. And 70% of it goes directly to everyone else that is locking up their city coins uh, via this, this concept called stacking. And so, um, so that's the, the basic gist. And we think that this is going to create a completely new dynamic between uh, government officials and the markets. Got it. And so right now, when you think about kind of the technical architecture of this, uh, you guys are using the Bitcoin blockchain for security and, and kind of merge mining stuff in, or how did, exactly does it work uh, leveraging the, the Bitcoin blockchain? Yeah, so um, we're, actually, we're actually just sort of generalizing what the Stacks blockchain is already doing uh, by recycling Bitcoin as uh, kind of like a crystallized proof of work and forwarding that into the Stacks blockchain to secure the Stacks blockchain. So what I described with how you mine city coins, you do the same thing with uh, the Stacks blockchain as well. So you know, people compete to get uh, new new stacks by forwarding Bitcoin, and that secures uh, the network. Um, so it's like a race essentially to see who can forward the most, and you know you, your chances of winning is uh, sort of weighted based on how much you've contributed. Um, so it's pretty green. Like you don't have to, um, you don't have to create your own proof of work, and you don't have to rely on, you know, something that we believe is less secure, which is proof of stake. Um, and so essentially, what we're doing there is we're saying, okay, um, if this works for the Stacks blockchain, well, it can work for chains above the Stacks blockchain. In this case, the whole Citicoin ecosystem. So what we're doing is we're actually um, using Stacks as the base currency to forward into the Citicoins. Uh, smart contract to mint new city coins, just like Stacks requires Bitcoin to mint uh, new Stacks. Got it. And so it, let's just fast forward 25 years, right? And kind of go to the ultra bull case for this. Uh, it works. And let's pick a specific city uh, anywhere in the world that ends up doing this. Who is kind of the customer or the users when you think of this? It, do you think of the government, the local government as the customer? Do you think of um, citizens in that uh, local ecosystem as the customer? Is there investors? Like, Just walk me through first kind of structurally how you think about who this is serving, and then we can kind of talk about what that would look like if it works. Yeah, sure. So just to sort of take a step back, I think every startup city is going to have its own city coin. It's almost like every company has its own cap table, and that's how you organize people to um, you know, do work in success of the company's mission thing that's going to happen with cities. And, um, and you can imagine like cities like Bangalore, India, Miami, Florida, New York City, um, uh, Dubai, uh, Singapore, all having their own city coins. And even small cities like maybe even Bitcoin Beach, right, um, can have its own city coin, like dollar sign beach. Um, and I think uh, what's going like, essentially, there are there are, you know, two and potentially three uh, customers. So the first customer is the city government and I'll walk through kind of like why they're a customer. 
So the city government is given the sacrosanct reserved wallet that they can claim and no one else but them can claim. And um, the economics are such that when the, uh, when the, if the market cap for that, that city's coin is at like a billion dollars, that city is earning like $50 million per year. That's enough to like wipe out municipal debt servicing. That's enough to recruit new crypto startups into their, into their, uh, into their um, uh, sort of municipality. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to see this sort of archetype of CEO of the city emerging for which like, you know, a mayor like Mayor Suarez is really kind of one of the first. And so what they're going to do, I believe is, I believe that the best sort of city cities will operate like startups, essentially. They'll use their funds to recruit new founders they'll, uh, who could also uh, add more utility to their own city coin, uh, who can build apps around it or just apps generally in the crypto space that you know, um, that, that, that exist and they, they get tax revenue. Um, but, um, you can imagine also a world where like these city coins become even more valuable than a billion dollars. Like let's say a city coin becomes worth $10 billion. Well, then you're getting into a territory where for many cities, uh, you're, you would not, you would not necessarily need to tax your own residents because your income has actually eclipsed what the, uh, sort of tax, uh, the tax budget and burden is on a yearly basis. So that's like a complete inversion from what we're used to, which is like, you know, government creation of debt, tax, spend, all that. This is like a much more positive sum um, sort of thing. So that's like um, that's like model of startup, startup city, city as a startup. Now the other side of the of the um, sort of equation is the stakeholders. So you can have you know people who live in the city, people who live out of the city, who are hodlers or just traders providing liquidity. But the reality is. There is now a market relationship with the city that the, that the users can have. So, you know, initially your ways of voting. So, I'll give a few examples of how they how they benefit. So, originally your ways of voting were, you know, vote with your ballot, which in which case, like half the time, you're pretty pissed at who gets elected. And then even if your your person does get elected, they don't always do everything you want them to do um, to benefit your city. And, and then the, the other way is voting with their feet. And very few pe people can actually vote with their feet, but we proved that it's very possible in 2020 with remote working, et cetera. Um, you know, almost all my friends have like moved from whatever San Francisco or New York to Miami or to some other city, and they're, um, you know, they're essentially uh, they're essentially uh, that's the exit, and the other the voice is ballot, right? Now, this third option of voting with your coin, I think, is really really useful. Um, because uh, there will be hundreds, uh, if not thousands of city coins in the future, uh, you're going to be able to move your assets from jurisdiction to jurisdiction um, and essentially have capital flight at the speed of light. Now, that's a lot easier than waiting four years, two years to vote in your with a ballot. It's a lot easier than um, picking up, uprooting your family, moving to another place. You know, not all cities are created equal. So, like, you know, some some people are willing to, you know, take a hit for the schools and 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 maybe the tax burden isn't so much, and they like the weather or whatever, so they stay put. But they should have the ability to sort of win and help win uh, in the cities that match uh, sort of their ideology, right? Because if you're a, if you're a token holder, you're earning yield as a function of merely holding and locking your coins. Now. That's just that's like a purely financial and sort of voting uh, aspect of city coins. Um, you're you're also um, you're also going to be able to sort of develop with city coins too. So you can imagine like proof of hodl 
um, you know, access control to digital and physical applications and locations. Um, you can imagine, um, you know, um, so you can imagine people betting, uh, like, you know, voting, essentially voting on what they think is going to happen in the future. Uh, you can have people actually voting themselves uh, within, within like the, within the, the actual, uh, within their actual uh, city coin group. And um, you can, you can imagine like, uh, you know, atomic swaps and like, you know, transferring in and out of, of different cities coins uh, and using decentralized exchanges uh, and just programming applications that require usage of that, that city's city, that city's city coin. And so I think uh, it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and so when you think through that, right, the, it sounds like the city, um, there's a way to basically change the economics of a city uh, and, and to use kind of new technology to, uh, to do that. Uh, it also seems like maybe there's another side of this uh, that is almost like you could bet on a city early. Um, or you could bet on the safety of a city staying relevant. Uh, and maybe even in some crazy way, like you could like short a city, uh, which is like a little weird, but but uh, potentially possible. And so is it fair to say that really it's um, the city and the city is a proxy for the local citizens because the city's going to use that revenue to, uh, to, to kind of make the city better uh, is kind of one type of customer. And then the second type of customer is uh, individual investors, organizations that are investors, uh, and that could be local citizens or other people around the world. Got it. Okay, and so let's talk through if I'm sitting in that government seat, right? So, um, you know, let's use Miami as an example. Uh, right now, um, you guys have Miami coin. Uh, what is the evaluation that the mayor of Miami, uh, a governor of the state, et cetera, would make in terms of uh, what their options are? So what are the things that they could do? And then why would they do certain actions versus other actions? Yeah, so I think the primary action primary decision that um, these municipalities need to make initially is whether they're going to claim their uh, reserved wallet. Now, mining city coins and the reserved uh, mining city coins can happen prior to that. And, and therefore, their reserved wallet will be credited um, money ongoingly, like 24 seven. And essentially, what happens is that bag gets so big, it becomes a fiduciary duty for the city to pick it up, right? So if you have $10 million just sitting on the sidelines and you're, you're not doing anything, your, your citizens are gonna get pretty pissed that you're not using it to um, you know, uh, fix uh, homelessness or um, you know, recruit more crypto startups or um, you know, beautify the city um, you know, or, um, you know, or, or do what, whatever you want to do with it. The, the fact remains, most cities actually uh, have budgets that are like right at the cusp of what they can tax. And this provides, uh, this provides an additional revenue source for cities that was previously not there before. So instead of the zero sum tax and spend uh, sort of methodology, um, this is a much more positive sum uh, sort of way for cities to um, benefit from people supporting the city. And are they able to take, let's say there's $10 million sitting there in that wallet, they claim the wallet, can they actually go sell the tokens to get the cash or, or whatever uh, asset that they want? Yeah, or, they can do what it, they, they can do with it whatever they want. So they can, they can, um, so they're going to be earning stacks. And if they want to buy back their own coin, their own city coin, which I think is like a very healthy thing to do, they can buy back their own coin and they can just do that if they want to. They can uh, liquidate into USD 
and just say, hey, um, you know, we want to keep crypto on our balance sheet, but we're willing to like liquidate into USD ongoingly, and and we'll you know use this budget for something. The city controller can decide, um, or they can say, hey, this is a great opportunity for more transparency. We'd like to show you where we're sending this money to, so you can actually track the payments in the blockchain. And I think um, increasingly, what you're gonna sorry, increasingly what you're gonna see are uh, mayors operating in public and financial controllers operating in public and having feedback with the community and um, sort of like showing where the money is going um, and sort of optimizing for um, optimizing for people being bullish on the city. And like you were saying before, you can you can effectively um, short a city or go long a city. Like San Francisco is a city that I think unfortunately is like kind of being run into the ground uh, in, in, in some ways. And San Francisco is a great city, um, but it's a city that could be doing a lot better. And so you could bet on the turnaround. Maybe San Francisco is trading on you know, 10 cents on the dollar um, based on what you think it's going to do in the future. You think they're going to get their act together. Whereas um, maybe Miami coin uh, you think is just going to continue booming as long as Suarez is, is uh, sort of mayor. And um, you know, there might become a time when it's overvalued and, and you want to move into another city uh, like Bitcoin beach or something, you know, or, or Singapore or, or Dubai or whatever. Why is this the right time for this now, right? One of the key parts of technology kind of taking hold and, and gaining adoption is just the right timing of uh, of a market. Why, why do you think now is the right time? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think that, I mean, there's there's like a huge 30,000 foot view on this and then there's like the 10 year view. Um, I think if you, if you look at, if you look at like the United States, I think when you talk to most people, you say, hey, I think the US is kind of like a descending country. It's no, it's no longer on the ascent, um, which is like an unfortunate, an unfortunate conversation to have, of course, but most people will agree with you. They'll, they'll say, yeah, that, that's like a fact, that's true. Like essentially we're like sunsetting in a way. And I see like just within the United States, um, there's an opportunity for city states to actually become more important than, than like the sort of top co, the net, like the, the whole nation. And, and in part, I think city coins represent a way to almost like buoy, um, buoy uh, countries like the US that might be on the descent uh, and accelerate countries and celebrate, accelerate cities that uh, essentially want to modernize. Uh, you know, you're, you're already seeing, um, you're already seeing like the, the playbook from El Salvador and Paraguay and South America, which is, by the way, on like the same longitude lines as the US, I think it's like they're a great release valve. We already seen the playbook there, um, where essentially they uh, they plug into like the Bitcoin standard, and they um, they you know essentially try to modernize their country um, through attracting like technolo uh, technologists and crypto capitalists, um, and you know some say like okay they have nothing left to lose left to lose so why don't they do it? I think they're actually just like the first raindrops of a huge geopolitical uh, movement that's going to happen. And that is essentially going to be where uh, many cities and even countries sort of move over to the crypto access axis of, uh, of, 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 of sort of capital, uh, as opposed to the sort of fiat like USD or yuan or whatever. Um, yeah, so I think this is just like an opportunity for opportunistic cities. I think they're going to benefit tremendously from this. And, and the ones that move fastest might be um, not the ones that uh, you'd expect, but, but the ones who are uh, sort of most, most opportunistic. You could have literally gone and worked with anyone, right? You know, everyone from a uh, New York City to 
an El Salvador, Bitcoin Beach, uh, to Tijuana, to somewhere in Asia. Um, but you chose Miami. What? Why Miami uh, over kind of all the other places you could have gone first? Well, one thing is <clears throat> Miami. Miami. Miami is incredibly technologically progressive. Like, let's just like call it what it is. You know, you have. You have um, you know, Florida with low taxes. You have uh, Francis Suarez and the rest of the gang in Miami, now essentially rooting people on to move to Miami, embracing, embracing, uh, embracing, you know, essentially technology and capitalism and 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 all that. Um, it's a very diverse city. It's not. It's not just a. Uh, you know. It's not. Uh, it's it's not a super homogenous city. There's a lot of heterogeneity, and. The the culture is is a is a is a vibrant one, you know. Uh, it's not a boring town, that's for sure. Um, and it's sort of like a gateway to South America too. I think that's really important. Um, and then the thing that that one of the things that kind of tipped it for me was like uh, was like um, you know, San Francisco was kind of this foil for Miami to grow um, in terms of like two poles on an ideology. San Francisco essentially um, got infected with like an exotoxic meme, and 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 their uh, their entire city is sort of um, is their their entire city is on a mission to uh, validate their ideology uh, that is like in, incongruent with reality. Whereas like Mayor Suarez and you know love him or hate him, I, I'm very pro Suarez, but love him or hate him, um, he's actually capturing all these new customers. And customers, I mean like new citizens and new people visiting the city. And he's doing that by using SF as a foil. And like, what, what's crazy to me is it's not even clear that SF even like realizes they're, they're in a huge issue. Uh, they're, 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 in, they're, in, they're in a really bad place. Like, I, I, th I think they're actually, I think, I think they still think that everything's just gonna be fine for them when it's not actually totally clear that that is going to be the case. Um, so, SF being a good foil for Miami, honestly, did did impact um, some 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 of this, and I think you know when you have a mayor that's like willing to talk to you on Twitter, it's like how how can you not want to reward that person uh, for the work that that he's doing? You know, like essentially, when you well when you say you're pro technology and 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 you're pro technologist and you're going to have a safe place for for you know freedom to innovate, you're not going to cast these people out. Well, the people that you're welcoming in. Um, are going to reward you very much. Like they want to help you. And, and tech is like an incredibly uh, helpful culture. Like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of journalists that like to write bad things about technologists. And, you know, no, no one is, no one is morally 100% uh, pure. Like no one's a Puritan. Um, but technology, I, I worked in much of it at different industries and like technology has been the most like positive, some, uh, you know, helpful sort of culture I've ever been in. Um, and, I, I think uh, I think I think Suarez knows this, and Suarez uh, stands to benefit from it. From it, so we want to we want to we want to help them out. And if they help out this movement, they're going to be unlocking the door to a massive, massive uh, movement that is like already well underway. One of the ideas that you've shared with me before that I think is fascinating is this idea of municipal equity versus municipal debt. Maybe elaborate on that a little bit and just kind of explain what those two things are and, and the differences and, and kind of you know, um, how people can kind of capitalize on this framework. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so a lot of people are familiar with municipal debt where, um, where, 
a government will like city government will um, create, you know, like 800 million or a billion dollars worth of debt. Uh, and then they'll um, sell it um, for, you know, low interest rate. And then um, their taxpayers have to pay it back. Right. So there's very antagonistic relationship between uh, their ability to effectively, um, you know, print money that they can spend uh, that later has to be raked, you know, <laughs> or has to be like, you know, taken out of the hands of, of their citizens. Um, and the issue, one of the issues is like, you know, <clears throat> the citizens don't even own that debt. They're not benefiting from the interest rate there. Like how many, how many Miamians own My Miami muni bonds? Like very few. It's mostly like, you know, institutions and sovereigns or whatever. Um, and, you know, wh wh when there's good money to be made, it's, 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 and there's like large spreads, it's usually because it can be because like a city is like about to go BK and like go bankrupt. Um, so that's not, that's not like a, that's not like the sort of positive sum uh, sort of uh, situation that a concept like municipal equity uh, conceptually would, would be. So like municipal equity is something where um, all stakeholders uh, have a stake in success of the city. So <clears throat> you can imagine like, Imagine if you had NYC coin and like, you know, there's a lot of people in New York City that want to, that want to hold that coin because it's, it's bearing, it's bearing a very healthy interest rate. And the success of that city means that not only does their uh, interest rate go up uh, sort of commensurately to the market cap, but also their, their, uh, their holdings go up and the city benefits from it as well. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people feel detached from their city in terms of ways they can help. And this is this is like um this is one way where they can win with the city and help and help help you know help the city win as well. Um, you know, similar to how people have uh, ownership in, in a company. Um, you know, this is like a this is like a sort of company fying um, you know, the idea of cities. Is it fair to think of uh maybe debt? being um kind of an old model for the way that a city would work and, and equity uh with new technology actually being the way that cities in the future will be financed or do you think it's kind of a coexistence where they'll both uh be leveraged for different things i think it'd be a coexistence just like you have you know cities that have um you know i'm oh, sorry you have <laughs> companies that have um that have uh you know corporate debt and 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 all that i think i think it'll i think it'll coexist but you know not all debt is bad, obviously, but you know you can get in trouble with that, and um, and you get in real trouble when <clears throat> you get in real trouble when you realize that the old paradigm that people were living under before, which was one of immobility, where people didn't really move from city to city very often, is completely out the window now. Like 2020, you really blew the lid off off of off of of, of that um, off of that uh, being the reality, right? Like you know. New York, in New York City, they have some extremely small amount of, of people paying like all the taxes in New York City. It's like that 1% leaving New York City decimates New York City. So they can't even afford to have those people leave, right? Um, so they can get into some pretty precarious situations if, if they're, you know, they're taking out too much debt or, um, you know, their budgets are too high. And I think um, this is just like one more tool for the governments. It's also kind of like a Trojan horse too. It's like these governments are essentially all going to be getting Bitcoin because when you earn stacks, you also earn Bitcoin. You can, it's like a dual yielding asset. You, you have like they earn stacks and they can lock those and earn more Bitcoin and same with the city coin holders. So, you know, it's like, I, when, 
when you think about how people approach trying to like cryptoify cities, they're like, well, you know, uh, let's try to get crypto to be adopted for you know payments in stores. It's like maybe not. Nah. Like maybe maybe actually you know cap tables are like pretty pretty valuable and like and and they might be like most valuable data structure that exists. And you know cities can actually use cap tables as as a tool to uh, to uh, sort of um, it essentially get get more revenue and and uh, and have the ability for people to interface with their government on on a more like real time basis as opposed to every four years. Um, so yeah, um, hoping this when, is like when, a very positive Trojan horse. Yeah, when you think about um, kind of the structure that you're leveraging here, uh, some people will say, hey, why don't you just use Bitcoin, right? Why do you need to uh, leverage stacks or uh, or kind of the uh, Miami coin or city coin structure? Walk through maybe the pros and cons of doing something like this with uh, just Bitcoin versus kind of leveraging the security of the Bitcoin blockchain and then doing it kind of on this, uh, th- this side chain or, or kind of a layer two type approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be sure, we are anchoring into Bitcoin. Um, and so Bitcoin becomes more valuable as a function of more usage of things like city coins that that creates more demand um, for block space on, on Bitcoin. So that's like check the box there. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, why don't you just try to get Bitcoin integrated into every city? Every city has got its own ideology. You can view them like companies like you wouldn't put you wouldn't put 500 companies on the same cap table because they're all different companies organ and, and they have um, you know, they have their own employees that are that um, that have a stake in uh, in the success of those companies and those various missions. So you could have, you know, you could have a you could have a, a take like a city like SF and a city like Miami. You think those cities want to be on the same cap table? Hell no. Like um, those cities want to be on their own cap table and they want to live or die based on based on uh, you know, how well the markets um, you know appreciate their 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 sort of ideology and how they operate. Now. Uh, Bitcoin is actually very useful in terms of like a substrate. So you can view Bitcoin like Unix or, or Linux rather. Like you, know, you have big companies that that plug into plug into you know uh, Linux because they know that the others can't really mess with it. It's like a digital no man's land. I think Bitcoin really is that, right? So like, um, it, I think it's good to like view Bitcoin as like the as like the sort of digital no man's land where all these different uh, cities can plug into and they know that the substrate's not going to change. It's like a low entropy carrier. And, um, and yeah, the cities are just represented with their own, their own cap tables. So, you know, people, people, people have some, they can essentially like trade, they can, they, they can trade these cities based on what's going on. And you wouldn't be able to do that if it was all on the same quote unquote cap table, which would be Bitcoin. That would be like, you know, kind of like diffusing the whole thing. There's this mining aspect, obviously, to Bitcoin, but there's also a mining aspect to uh, the city coins. Maybe describe kind of what that means when you say mining uh, with these city coins and, and uh, how does that work? Who benefits? Yeah. Um, so with Bitcoin, um, you know, you mine with compute and electricity and um, that proof of work is incredibly costly, but it's incredibly secure. And we don't really see a reason to replicate proof of work over again. Like Bitcoin is good. And so what we what we think should happen is just recycling that proof of work. Uh, so what we do is we you know take bitcoins that sort of crystallize robot sweat and throw it into another consensus mechanism, um, which is uh, called proof of transfer. So this already happens as I mentioned earlier uh, from Bitcoin into the Stacks blockchain. So Stacks is secured by Bitcoin, and then we take 
that uh, the the you know the um, f- the fuel, which is the Stacks token, to then secure new blockchains and new uh, uh, and, and to mint uh, tokens on new smart contracts. So we're essentially generalizing that uh, proof of transfer, um, where uh, people have to tra- like the Stacks, they have to transfer Bitcoin in order to uh, in order to mine new Stacks. And then they have to, uh, then sorry, the holders of the stacks tokens who temporarily lock them um, have that Bitcoin that was sent to be that was sent via mining transferred to them. And so, um, uh, yeah. So then, as I mentioned earlier, we take that stacks, uh, use it to uh, com- essentially compete to mine new city coins. So you could have like you could have like a, over a hundred people uh, or hundred. Uh, 100 miners sending stacks into the uh, into the Citicoin smart contract for Miami Coin, and uh, who uh, who who wins that is uh, is pseudo random. It's like it's kind of random, but it's weighted based on the amount that's been put in. So if you put in like 90% of all of all the of all the sort of uh, money that's going into that into that specific block, you have a 90% chance of winning. Um, the um, the uh, block reward at the end of those ten minutes. So. And when you think about this, is this uh, individuals doing it? Is this the local government doing it? Is it a, a kind of combination of everyone Who, who's actually uh, kind of the ideal miner, the ideal market participant there? Yes, yeah, so, uh, definitely getting a lot of institutions and individuals interested. I think cities will also do it themselves. Um, I think there's a world where a sort of archetype for who's mining is um, also kind of like a trader because what you can do is you have a decision where when you mine, uh, say you mine for like a hundred blocks or you're, you're, you're likely going to win some blocks. Right. And when you win those blocks, you'll have, you'll have, uh, you'll have the value at which you essentially mine those, those tokens for and the value that those tokens are trading on the market. And so you're able to arbitrage on the market if you want. Like if you're mining those tokens at a 10% discount, you might decide, hey, I want to like just sell these tokens as I'm mining it and just take that 10% net profit. Some people are going to say, uh, actually, I don't want to do this. What I want to do is I want to hold on to these. I want to I stack them and earn more Bitcoin as a function. Um, so um, I think you're going to get like different archetypes. You have like city mining institutions, individuals, traders, like individual hodlers and then traders. Um, and we'll see where it we'll see where it nets out. Where do you go from here? So you got Miami, um, and, and kind of have been uh, getting that up and running, and, and talking to city officials and kind of pushing it forward. Uh, is this a, let's go to fifty cities in the next year? Is it go to two cities? Uh, kind of what does that rollout look like? And kind of what are the future plans? Uh, we want to move very fast. Um, we want we want to let my we want to let Miami win, like succeed in the beginning. Um, but then fast follow with uh, many city coins where the community is sort of voting on which is which is coming next. Um, I love to see two years from now, 200 city coins in existence trading and, you know, dozens of them at uh, over a billion dollar valuation um, and, you know, maybe even some at over $10 billion valuation. Um, but the, the more cities we can create, the more of a dynamic we can have between the cities, um, and, you know, so people can people can you know, choose from a menu of different cities that they want to put in their portfolio, as opposed to just being limited to a small handful or just even one. Um, but 
I think it would be a mistake to just like launch a thousand cities right now. Uh, I think it'd be like a huge diffusion of focus. And um, the goal here is like make 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 Miami like uh, make make Miami uh, very successful. And then as soon as it's very clear that Miami is successful, uh, move on to the next cities that the community uh, decides. I don't know if you have an opinion, but do you think Miami's going to take the wallet? Like they're going to claim the wallet? Um, I. Uh, I hope so. I think they're pretty, I think they're a pretty progressive city. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me to, to think about the game theory that goes into, uh, basically as the value grows inside of a wallet, um, do they actually take it or not? And I don't know. I'd have to think through like why they wouldn't take it right to some degree. I mean, imagine, imagine like thousands of people who hold Miami coin and are, on Twitter, you know, trying to get Miami to pick up the bag, and who are also saying, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna will this to happen, right? Like, let's get Miami Coin to over a billion dollars valuation. If it gets over to a billion dollars valuation, what that means is that the cost to mine Miami Coin will go up commensurate with the market cap, and therefore, their reserved wallet uh, will be worth enough, or it actually becomes a fiduciary duty to pick up to pick up the bag, so to speak, um, and." It's really important that the community that the community um, kind of works together and 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 helps uh, make this happen. But um, I'm optimistic. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, how can people get involved? What what are the ways that uh, somebody who's listening to this, watching this, uh, what can they do? Uh, yeah, first follow Mine City Coins uh, at Mine City Coins on Twitter and uh, sign up with your email at citycoins.co you'll get all sorts of announcements and 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 like amas and you know and like ways to vote on new cities and things like that and and um and um you know if you want to mine mining coin when it begins mining uh, which it looks like it looks like it's slated for july we'll, we'll see what happens but it looks like looks like july and um, there's a bunch of There'll be a bunch of like tutorials and stuff for how you can do that. Um, and so there's a bunch of content uh, being created right now. And, but um, and I think in the future, there'll be like a kind of like a playbook guidebook for, do you want to bring city coins to your city? Here's how you do it. Here's how you talk to your elected official. And here's how you get people voting on it sort of thing. But focus is like laser eyed on Miami for the time being. Got it. And when you start to think about, um, kind of the the maybe social aspect of this uh is it helpful for people to kind of talk about it with uh their local officials or or talk to uh, other people in their community or does you really have to wait until uh, you kind of come to their city or town first uh i, I think it's helpful i think like the more the, the idea can spread and socialize the better like this is a really good meme it's like a very it's a very positive meme <laughs> and it spreads uh, it spreads pretty easily, seemingly. Like people seem to get the concept very quickly, like way, way quicker than they, you know, get the concept of like smart contracts or you know decentralized computing or whatever. People understand what cities are, um, and so um, yeah, spread this with with your grandma. Spread this with you know, <laughs> spread this to, to everyone you know, uh, and get them signed up at citycoins.co for sure. I love it. Uh, before I let you go, ask everyone the same three questions, and then you'll get to ask me one. Uh, most important book that you've ever read? I mean, hate to be trite, but um, probably The Sovereign Individual. That's pretty good. 
also like the bias of communication by Harold Ennis is like, that's a, that's a weird one. Um, but it's a good one. Um, what is that one about? Uh, it was written by this like Canadian dude in like 1951. I love, I, I like pretty much only read books that are like about the future that predict the future well and have been validated, like prescient books. Um, and it's essentially about uh, uh, different forms of communication. So you have like time bias communication, like oral tradition uh, or like the great pyramids. And then you have like space bias communication, which is like, you know, stone tablets or like papyrus that like, can move far, but they, maybe they don't last very long. Uh, and sort of marrying these two forms of communication can allow for essentially like prosperous civilizations to exist. And, you know, um, I think of like Bitcoin as like a time and space bias uh, method of communication and like a perfect substrate to build sort of like civilization level software, which is why I'm like, I'm, it's weird to feel like uh like contrarian. Like I feel like Bitcoin's already won its money, but I feel like it's like super undervalued as like substrate that people can like anchor into. Um, and, um, I'm looking forward to that, like catching on a lot more this decade. I think, like, I think Bitcoin's gonna, Bitcoin's gonna evolve once more in this decade as like a kind of like a, a truth, like a ledger of truth over this deck, yeah, over this decade. And you know, Citicoin is just one way of sort of anchoring into that that thesis. Got it. What do you? What about the sleep schedule? Uh, my friends are at eight sleep. I sleep, you know, five six hours. Now I sleep eight or nine. And I sleep on their thermoregulated bed. And I just turn it cold as hell, like as cold as it can go. But pretty much, I just do that. Uh, it's been a game changer for me. What's your sleep schedule? Nice man. Uh, I I've been falling asleep at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and like waking up at six, six thirty. Um, I'm on I'm on Pacific Standard Time, so kind of wake up early. Um, but I I do turn the temperature down to sixty degrees and just like put you know I do it like the Austrians do, where you're like you know or the Swiss you know just put on like a a big heavy blanket. And I sleep really deeply that way. It's uh, it's the best way to do it. Uh, third question, and then you get to ask me one: is aliens? Are you a believer or a non-believer? Uh, you know, if you're asking me about UFOs, I think that's just like I think that's just like new physics. You can like replace little green men with new physics. Um, aliens? I don't know. I think if you asked me this question a year ago, I'd say definitely aliens exist. Um, um, I haven't really. I don't have a reason to say they don't exist, but just kind of like re-examining re things. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think in this next this next like hundred years, we're going to learn a lot more about the nature of reality, uh, especially through the lens of physics. And um, there may be a world. There may be a world where um, where um, you know believing that there's no aliens is actually like besides like bacteria, or whatever, is not so crazy. Like, who, who knows? I don't. I don't know. It's a, it's a wild, wild world we live in, my friend. <laughs> what one question do you have for me to uh, to finish up? Um, how how many brothers do you actually have? <laughs> Unlimited. It's infinite. Literally, we just spawn more and more and more. There, there's one queen pomp that just give, give, gives birth gives birth to all the little pomps. <laughs> that that is my mother. Uh, no, there's uh, there's five boys total. Uh, I am, uh, I'm the oldest and then uh, my two youngest brothers are on uh, Twitter. So three of us, uh, obviously plus my wife and, and, uh, there's two brothers that actually have Twitter accounts, but, uh, they are uh, pseudonymous and, uh, they, they're not really interested in, uh, revealing themselves, but one day maybe I could, uh, I can get them to, uh, start participating in the fun. They should stay pseudonymous. That, that is like definitely the go-to these days, like separate your working name from your real name.
Yeah, that, well, that's what they've done so far, and uh, they just kind of hide out in the shadows, you know, and uh, follow along, but no one knows they're there. Nice. And you're you're in you're in Miami now, right? I am. How how are how are you liking it? I love it. I'm just I always describe to people. I'm just happier. Like it, it's a simple way to just describe everything all rolled up in one, which is just literally I'm happier. So I'm not uh, I'm not leaving. That's amazing. Uh, are you going to mine Miami coin? Uh, potentially. I, uh, w- let's get it live first. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Wh- where can we send people? You said at mine city coins on Twitter and then citycoins.co. That's right. Yeah. Nailed it. Okay. And where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, I'm Patrick W. Stanley. At Patrick W. Stanley. It's long, but. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I think this is a super interesting concept. And uh, if uh, the mayor of Miami or somebody else in another city ends up kind of embracing this, I think that it could be pretty interesting seeing this idea of municipal equity versus municipal debt. Um, so I appreciate you coming on, explaining it to us, and uh, we'll definitely have to do it again in the future as things progress. Yeah. Suarez, if you're listening, which I know you are, we can't wait to help you. And thanks for being a great mayor.